It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Alehu, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to malkbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com or call 312-726-1243. Churches have many ministries that require legal and financial consideration. And one that is often overlooked is uh, outreach and mission trips. What aspects should you take into account before planning or going on one? Today, we will be speaking with Richard Hammer, an attorney, CPA, and founder of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax. As senior editor of the Church Law and Tax Report, Rich contributes up-to-date legal and financial information that gives practical guidance to churches and clergy. Rich, welcome to our show. Thank you. Rich, it's summertime, and many churches are thinking about uh, mission trips that they're going to be taking, uh, particularly uh, youth groups. Uh, generally speaking, what are some of the issues that churches should be aware of when planning these uh, kinds of mission trips? Well, Soren, there are, in fact, a number of significant legal and risk management and tax issues associated with these trips that, that I think church leaders need to be aware of. Uh, as part of the pre-planning process. We'll be talking about a number of those today. Let's talk about um, one that is uh, often the first one that people think of, and that's the forms that you need to sign. Um, I've heard them referred to as liability waivers, assumption of risk forms, release waivers, permission forms. Uh, Are these all the same thing? Tell us a little bit about uh, the forms that go into planning some of these trips? Well, release forms and waivers are essentially uh, synonymous. Assumption of risk forms are slightly different in the sense that whereas a release is a, is a form signed by one person to release another person from liability, assumption of risk forms do not list a second party. They just are a, a proclamation by an individual that I am assuming risks of a particular event or activity. So uh, for all intents and purposes, they're, they're used interchangeably. So, so let's talk about um, these forms uh, more specifically. Uh, is it enough, Rich, to just go online and, and, and get a, a sample and, and print it out and have people sign it? Or what kind of, um, what are some of the do's and don'ts in putting together some of these forms? Well, uh, I think <laughs> first and foremost, they need to be uh, intentional. Uh, when a church uses a form like this, they, they, you should not just be pulling one off the Internet. That, that can cause problems, as was the case recently where a church in Tennessee went to the Internet to get a, a release form. And they, they, they found one and they used it, but it, it had a choice of law pr- provision stating that any disputes would have to be litigated under California law. Hmm. And so that was deemed to be 
enforceable. And here's this small Tennessee church having to travel to California for weeks litigating this case because of that improvident inclusion uh, of that choice of law in the in the form contract. And also, let me let me make a very important point. When you're talking about release forms, the most important fact for church leaders to understand is that they are essentially worthless when it comes to protecting a church from injuries or death to minors. And the, the reason is twofold. Number one, minors lack contractual capacity. And so what that means is they can't enter into binding contracts. And, and most importantly, parents cannot release their minor child's claims. With few exceptions, there are a handful of courts or, or states that have made exceptions to this rule in specific vocations, for example, uh, horseback riding in, in some states like Kentucky, uh, and then some states uh, also provide parental uh, consent uh, or where a parent can sign a release form releasing the child's claims in skiing accidents, some states aquatic events. But by and large, the answer is uh, you, that parents cannot release their child's claims. And so if a child becomes a quadriplegic uh, on a missions trip, the, the parent cannot release that child's claims. And when that child reaches age 18, plus whatever the statute of limitations is, three, four, five years, the child has until that date to, to file a claim. And, and so I often put it this way, Soren, that minors are a toxic risk to a church when you're talking about travel, because the minor cannot release the church from, from liability and the, the minor's parents cannot as well. So we can talk about the, you know, what should be in or not be in release forms, but <laughs> it's almost irrelevant because these forms are going to have no legal consequence when it comes to minors. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Lehu of the law firm of Malkin Baker. If you missed part of this episode or want to hear previous Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit malkbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, we've been speaking with Richard Hammer, the founder and senior editor of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax about Christian mission trips. And uh, Rich, you left off discussing um, uh, minors and the, the fact that um, their claims cannot be released and when they turn 18, they can they can raise those claims. Now, is there still value in having parents sign permission forms, for example? Absolutely. Uh, they're oftentimes confused, but a parent, I, I call it the parental, yeah, parental permission form. That's a good name. Uh, but basically, that is a form that by which a parent, and ideally both parents if there are two, signs a form consenting to their child participating in the specified activity, whatever it might be. Uh, it, it also certifies that their child is able to participate in the event. And, and most importantly, if the event is going to involve swimming or water events of any kind, the parents or guardians should certify that their child is able to swim. The form should also list any allergies or medical conditions that may be relevant in the event of a medical emergency for a physician to know. Um, 
I think it's important for the form to give the parents or guardians the opportunity to list specific activities that they do not want their child to participate in. Um, and and then, as you alluded to before, Soren, I think it's important that the form designate an individual to make emergency medical decisions for their child in the event they can't be reached. Um, I, I know of cases where a child has been severely injured on a missions trip and in, in the United States. They, the, parent, the, the missions trip uh, personnel take the child to a hospital. And if you can believe this, some emergency rooms will not treat that child without a consent signed by the parent. So it becomes very important. So sometimes churches just have a generic form that says the, uh, the youth pastor. Well, what if the youth pastor isn't on that trip? So you've got to be very careful. And that, that's why I think these forms need to be prepared uh, on, a, on a per event basis. Also, in terms of the uh, legal effectiveness of any release form, even those involving adults, it's, it's important. One of the factors the courts look to is whether the form is something just taken off the Internet or whether it was intentionally drafted. In other words, you had legal counsel. The fact that there's legal counsel guiding you and preparing legal documents makes it more likely they're going to be deemed to be effective. And so keeping these forms intentional, to use your word, um, essentially means uh, tailoring them for each event and having uh, specific activities listed. Am I right about that? Instead of yes, you know, a, yes, a general uh, release, if you're going hiking, you should mention that. If you're swimming, mention swimming. If um, th that That's what you mean by being intentional. I, I, I believe it's what you're saying. The courts are clear. And, and I've read every case involving release forms dating back to John Adams uh, in, in preparation for doing an article in my newsletter a couple of years ago. And it, it's really you get a better feel for these, uh, these, these cases when you, when you read them in a very short period of time. And uh, it's interesting that the courts do, uh, in the case of adults anyway, recognize these forms as legally valid, often called assumption or risk forms, uh, but they must be voluntary and knowing. And what that means is the, the, the individual intentionally signed the form, understanding what he was doing, and the, the risks involved are specified. So you can't have a generic form that says, I assume all risks of participating on this missions trip. That, that form is likely invalid, even with respect to an adult, because it didn't specify the, the, the particular risks. So when I assist churches in drafting these forms, I mean, I'll tell you what, I throw everything but the kitchen sink on that form in terms of activities that are going to be engaged in, which is very important, and the risks associated with those activities so people can make informed decisions as to whether they want to sign that form. That's excellent. And Rich, we're just scratching the surface here. Uh, coming up, we will talk further with Richard Hammer, the founder and senior editor of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax about other legal, safety, and financial concerns churches should prepare for when planning a mission trip. I'm Soren Lehu, and this is Lawyers for Jesus.
Malkin Baker is nationally known for representing churches and religious institutions and is providing you with a free resource to help your church stay protected under the law. This church legal checklist is designed to help your church identify and assess general risks under Illinois law and is revised yearly to keep your church up to date. Go to malkbaker.com slash church legal to download your free copy of this easy to fill out 21 section resource that your church can review at monthly board meetings. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Alehu, an attorney at Malkin Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals in their legal needs. If you missed the first part of the show and want to listen online, go to malkbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Richard Hammer, the founder and senior editor of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax about church mission trips. And Rich, we've spent some time talking about some of the uh, forms that um, need to be carefully considered, prepared, and signed. Um, the assumption of risk form, um, is there, are there any specific things that churches should be aware of, requirements, things that people signing uh, should know before signing them? Well, that's a, that's a good question. You are literally assuming risks by, as an adult, by signing a form like that, meaning that the church is not going to be responsible for your injuries, even if the church was uh, contributed to those injuries because of its negligence. So uh, I know it doesn't happen often, but in some cases, adults are hesitant to sign such a form. Is there anything that these kinds of forms will not cover, even if they're drafted perfectly and they're valid? Um, is there anything that churches still need to be concerned about as far as liability? Well, I think the most important point, which I've mentioned a few times now, because this is so commonly overlooked or, or not understood by church leaders, very few understand what I'm about to say, but minors cannot release a church from liability for its negligence, and their parents can't release the church from liability for injuries to their child. That That yes. is a very important point, and it bears repetition. But uh, So churches okay. should not hide behind a release form signed by a parent for their minor child, thinking that that's going to be legal protection for them. In the overwhelming number of cases, that is simply not true. So what, what that means is you need to engage first and foremost in appropriate risk management. And secondarily, make sure that you have adequate insurance. And it's interesting to note, and again, very few church leaders understand this or, or know what I'm about to say, but you have an extraterritorial exclusion in your general liability policy almost always. And what does that mean? It means that the, your insurance company is not responsible to provide a defense or indemnity for any injuries occurring outside the continental boundaries of the United States. So you go on a missions trip to Montana, well, that's one thing. But if you go on a missions trip to Mexico, that's quite different because that is extraterritorial. It's beyond the, uh, the territory of the United States. And what that means is literally that's a, your insurance coverage stops at the boundary. So you have to obtain alternative insurance. 
contact your insurance agent. You know, let them know you're planning in six months to go to Mexico with 25 uh, teenagers and you're concerned about insurance coverage. Do we have it under our policy? The great probability is that you do not. And so, and even if you do, it's usually a fraction of what your general liability coverage amount is. And if you don't have it, can can there be a special writer or a special endorsement provided by your insurance company to provide coverage? If not, you've got to get recommendations on other insurance providers. That's very interesting. So absolutely make sure that there's no territorial restrictions on on the coverage. Now, is there any kind of specific insurance that can be obtained or should be obtained for these types of trips, especially there if you're are, going out of country? Yes, there are. Uh, the insurance industry has provided alternatives. These also include uh, transport of an injured person back to the United States, which can be, I mean, a, a very significant expenditure. And uh, but if you don't have that coverage, even flying a kid with two broken legs back to the United States, mom and dad are going to have to have to cover that. So you you want to be sure that you've got the coverage for injuries occurring outside of the United States. I, I'm involved in a case right now where involving a missions trip to a foreign country, where uh, an individual was was injured in a in an accident on an on an unlit dirt country road and was severely injured and and uh, the the church's insurance company has provided nothing no legal defense they're not they're not going to pay anything toward the uh, toward the any any damages uh, awarded or any settlement other than a very nominal fee I think it's fifty thousand dollars or something like that so uh, this is a this is an uninsured risk it's a it's a significant risk because you're talking about minors. There's any number of things that can happen to them. I've dealt with cases where minors are on these for, these trips to Central America. I'm one recently, and a 17 year old was uh, was killed when he was caught in a riptide off the coast of Costa Rica and sucked out into the ocean, and they, he was beyond rescue. Uh, it's interesting in that case that uh, his grandmother had signed a release form permitting him to attend and, and releasing the church from liability, which, which of course, was deemed to be completely uh, ineffective. What about uh, minors who go on adult trips? Is that something that uh, can be done uh, properly, uh, or, or should, should that be avoided? Uh, no, it doesn't necessarily have to be avoided, but you have to keep in mind the enormous risk involved in such uh, an arrangement. But I think the best way, and I've dealt with a number of these, I think the best way to handle it is for a parent to sign a form. This can be very short, uh, assuming responsibility for their minor child for the entirety of the trip, uh, and then and relieving the church. Of, of that responsibility. I, I think that's a, a formidable defense for the church, and it's very appropriate. That's great. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Soren Lehu of Malkin Baker, and we're talking to Richard Hammer, the founder and senior editor of Christianity Today's Church Law and Tax, about mission trips. 
Uh, Rich, another issue that comes up in um, mission trips is adequate supervision. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about um, supervision and, and the, the phrase negligent supervision? Negligence simply means carelessness. This is a, a negligent supervision means that the church was careless in how it supervised the event. Uh, negligence uh, usually means that uh, some type of conduct that falls below the community standard of care toward a person uh, to whom you owe a duty of care. And the duty, uh, the standard is much higher when you're talking about any activity or trip involving minors. Um, But the key point is that a church can't be guilty of negligence if its policies and practices meet or exceed that community standard. And how do you know if this is the case? Well, you need to do some homework in advance of the trip, check with other charities, and most importantly, check with the best comparator, and that's the public school district in your community. They have overnight trips. Well, how, how do they handle supervision? And if you align your practice with what your public schools do on trips involving minors, you've gone a long way to refute any claim that you were negligent because that's the state. Uh, sure. The public school system are creatures of the state agencies of the state, and by aligning your practice to what the schools do, that is about the best step you can take to minimize your, not eliminate, but minimize the risk of liability for negligence. Sure. And are there any general guidelines, um, X amount of adults per students, perhaps, or um, would you even recommend doing background checks for, for those in supervisory roles? Absolutely. And the best way to, to determine the ratios, which I'm asked all the time, is contact the public school district. Hey, we have 25 kids going to Montana on a short-term missions trip. What, what do you do, public schools and our state and our community, when you have a trip involving teenagers out of, out of, the st- out of state? Uh, what is your ratio in terms of how many adults need to be present? What, what, what about sleeping arrangements and hotels? Uh, follow the state practice as demonstrated in the public school policies, and you have gone a long way to reducing risk. And I might add, check with some nationally prominent charities that have local affiliates, Scouts, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, YMCA, Youth Soccer, uh, Salvation Army, et cetera. You know, just pick out a couple of them and see what they do. Make your, compile your case, because believe me, that's, that's yes. going to be uh, your salvation in the event of litigation. Yes. R- Richard, thank you so much for speaking with us today. How can people learn more about church law and tax, as well as some of your resources? Well, my website is churchlawandandtax.com, and that's where you can see my resources, including the fifth edition of my main resource, which is the book, uh, Pastor Church and Law which is a, I think you'd find to be an excellent reference. We cover all the issues we've, we've mentioned today, plus hundreds more. Thank you, Rich. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at malkbaker.com. 
That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates, or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thanks for listening. I'm Soren Lehu, attorney at Malkin Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.